encourage you, get into the Word, study the Word, know the Word, apply the Word. Hello, somebody? Apply the Word. Look at your neighbor and say, apply the Word. Amen. Let's stand up together one more time. Get your Bible in your hand. We'll make a confession together. Let's lift it up in the air. Say it with me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise. He's worthy. Amen. Praise God. We're glad you're here today, excited about what God's doing in us and through us and changing lives and making a difference all around the world. Amen. How do you realize that God wants to make a difference in your world today? That when you come into the presence of God, you can't help but leave changed. Amen. God's trying to change us from the inside out. He's trying to position us so that we can be wholehearted seekers of God. Psalms 119 Verse 2, you write that down or go look it up. Uh, uh, you know, you can read it in your Bible right now. You got it. It says that blessed are those that seek him with a whole heart. And, you know, we've been talking about becoming wholehearted seekers of God. And we realize that you can't seek God with a whole heart until first you possess a heart that's been made whole. You can't go through life without life uh, impacting you. And there are moments in that collision with reality. You know, when expectation collides with reality, the door to disappointment swings wide open. There's a lot of things in life that we expect, and then reality comes, and we end up literally damaged if we're not careful. Uh, I don't know too many people who have made it through life without being hurt somewhere. Now, I realize that, you know, we're big and we're tough and we're strong, but the fact of the matter is that until we get in the presence of God, we might be big, tough, and strong, but we're still broken, and we still don't have a whole heart. But when God comes into our life, and he begins to put that thing back together again, and your heart is, is your thoughts and your emotions, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices, uh, that when God begins to bring wholeness there, all of a sudden you have the ability to seek God with a heart and a passion like you've never known before. All of a sudden, things begin to come more clearly uh, to you and revelation, insight, knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. Suddenly, you know stuff that you didn't know last week. See, my hope is that on Monday, you're going to know stuff this Monday that you didn't know last Monday. So this Monday, what you couldn't do last Monday will be done without sweat this Monday. Amen. When God's ability is placed upon your ability, suddenly you can do what couldn't get done before. God, that is the anointing of God operating in your life and wholeness coming to you because your heart has been made whole, right? Our heart being put back together again. He wants us to seek him with a whole heart. Therefore, he must want to heal our brokenheartedness. Amen. The, the Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to mend up the brokenhearted. That's one of the functions of the anointing that was on his life was to mend the brokenhearted. God wants to make your life whole again. Amen. And we studied last week Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The Amplified uh, throws in the word intelligent there. This is the smart thing to do. If you're not living your life a uh, living sacrifice to God, you just ain't all that bright. If you're trying to live your life your way, you, you're just not all that sharp. You've got to realize that God's life is much better than your life. The, the God life, zoe, the Greek word zoe, John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come 
that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance to the top till it overflows. That's Zoe life. Man, life is just it's bigger than your situation. It's stronger than the challenges that you're facing. Life that doesn't bow its knee to death. Jesus, when he said, I am the resurrection and the life, he, he, you know what that means is resurrection life. One of the definitions for resurrection life is that after death is done, all it can, when it has wore itself out, life stands back up again. Man, that's the life God wants you to have. That hell can wear itself out trying to beat you up, but when it's done, you just pop back up to the top again. Why? Because you got the life of God working inside of you. Hello, somebody. I don't know about you, but there have been moments that I could, without any great, great discernment, I could tell hell was trying to kick my hiney. Amen. Have you ever had a week, a month, where it just seemed like everything went wrong, everything came against you, no, no matter what happened, it was just a battle? Uh, then for some reason you took one more step and boom, you break through into victory once again. Amen. That's Zoe life. I said that's Zoe life. So we beg you by the mercy of God that you start living a life that's dedicated to God, which is the intelligent thing to do. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be made totally new. Be made totally new by renewing your mind so you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Last week we talked about the fact that you can't know the will of God in an area of your life that you have not renewed your mind. If you don't renew your mind to the Word of God, you will not know the will of God in that area of your life. If you're not lining up with what he said in marriage relationship, you're not going to have God's perfect will in your marriage relationship. If you're not renewing your mind to what he said about finances, you're not going to have the will of God concerning finances. Well, you know, what we do is we get really nervous and we want to make a statement that says, well, this is my life. And the fact is, Yes, that is your life, and you can have your life, but your life in comparison to God life is a sucky life, and it just doesn't take any great brain to figure out that God's life is better than your life, right? Matthew 10, 39 in the Amplified, it, it, it says that if you hang on to the low life, you will miss out on it, the high life. There's a higher level of life God wants to bring you to. Hello, somebody. There's God life available for you. Amen? Here's the deal is that when you get born again and all of a sudden your spirit is revived and the life of God is deposited inside of you, you're not supposed to go through life looking like people who don't know God. Thank you for that exciting response. If there ain't no difference between our life and a reefer-smoking, fornicating fool, well, then why would he give up what he's got to give what we got? Well, we got a bumper sticker. Well, he's got one, too. Hello. Well, we got a T-shirt. They got them, too. They're at home in bed. We got up early. Headed to church. He thinks you're nuts. We think he's crazy. Who's right? Neither of us. Because if our life is not infused with his strength, then all we got 
was a T-shirt, a bumper sticker, and early out of bed. Well, yeah, but I'm going to heaven. Oh, good. Good. Someday in the sweet by and by, you're going to make it to heaven. But what about the nasty here and now? How about we have some victory now? How, how, how about we know the God life now? Well, I thought when you get born again, you're given eternal life. You are. And eternal life does not begin when you're dead. That's a little late. Man, we ought to have it now. We're going to face challenges. We're going to face obstacles. We're going to face stress just like everybody else. But we have the ability to connect to God life that will lift us up over the storm, empower us through the battle, give us wisdom to know what to do on days that we just don't know what to do. God wants to infuse you with an inner strength. He wants to position you so that you, like Paul, can say, I am ready for anything and equal to everything that comes my way through Christ who is infusing me with an inner strength. He wants you to know that no weapon formed against you can prosper. Every tongue that rises against you, you have the right to condemn, for this is the heritage of the children of the living God. He wants you to know that he's for you, not against you, that he's on your side. That, that, he, that, means, that don't mean he's on your team. That means he's right here. He's going through life with you, right next to you, and nothing that comes against you will be able to harm you. Amen? Why? Well, according to Luke 10, it's because he has given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. He wants you to know that his life is bigger than your problem. Oh, come on, somebody. He, wa he wants you to know that your future is brighter than anything from your past. Yet we got an enemy that's constantly trying to throw in our face things from the past and try to, try to contain us and try to paralyze us with fear, afraid that if we try again, oh, we're just going to be heartbroken because we'll believe for something that won't occur. Well, you know what? It is time, if you're going to be a believer, it's time to kind of act like one, knowing that God's going to do what he said he'd do. Remember faith, F. Find your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. There's nothing worse than a depressed Christian. It is like one of my passionate. Uh, uh, one of my passions is to is to get depressed Christians so angry they'll do something about that depression. Well, Mike Murdoch said that until you feel enough pain, you won't make the move to make a difference to change. Right. So I'm just here to make you mad. You know, if you're depressed today, you're going to go out of here either free or really ticked, okay? We prefer free, but if I get you really ticked, at least I moved you, okay? So, I, I'm, I, you know, find your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, church, where's the joy at? Get, get the joy going. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. I know you're going through. So get to joy on, right? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Some of us get caught with our praise down. And we ain't got no praise on. <laughs> we just as negative as a guy that ain't, ain't never heard the good news. Well, if you're connected to God and you don't know the good news, you've got some growing to do. Find your strength. A, act like a believer. Come on, act like you believe him. You, you know, if you act like it long enough, it'll become a habit. 
The habit is something you can do without thought. But sometimes actions have to be premeditated, and you just got to act it out. Action. Half the word is act. Make a choice to act like a believer. Well, what's a believer act like? Read your book. Man, that book, all that is is pictures of what it looks like to walk with God through different situations. You know, what's it look like to, to, to walk with God when the government's against you? Well, read about the three Hebrew children. What's it look like to, you know, to walk with God when you're facing insurmountable odds? Well, go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and talk to Jehoshaphat there. Some scholars say the odds against him were 10,000 to 1, and the armies had gathered against him, and they greatly feared. Duh, 10,000 to 1, you're going to get a little nervous, right? Especially when you consider the size of Jehoshaphat's army. That made the other army look even that much more bigger. And so here they are, and they're going to take them out, and they're not taking them out to lunch. They're here to take them out. And God tells him what to do. And i got to tell you something. What God told him didn't make any sense. You know, therein lies a huge problem because most of the time we're trying to figure out how to do it, and the way that we would do it is not the way that God would do it, which brings Proverbs fourteen twelve into view. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. You do what seems right to you, you're just going to die. You're going to be separated from the life that God has for you. But if you'll do what he tells you to, he'll produce what he promised. He told them, send, send singers out. Well, that sounded good to the infantry. But the guys in the choir, man, they suddenly didn't, they lost their voice. <coughs> I, can't, I can't sing today. <laughs> the, the choir goes out. You know the story, right? The choir goes out and they begin to sing. And all of those enemies start killing each other off. Man, that's one bad worship team right there. <laughs> Some of you guys say, well, the reason I'm not on the team is because I can't sing. We may need you. Okay. Now, I don't think it's because they were that bad. I think it's because God showed up. Why? Because they acted like they believed him. You, you, it would blow your mind if you, it, it, what God could cause to occur if you just act like you believed him. Man, if you just acted like you believed him. Oh, guys. Yeah, I, I pray for you all week long. I, I do. I pray for you all week long. And, and sometimes I see situations that you're going through, and I realize that if you just act like you believe God, turn the whole thing around. Well, it just doesn't seem. There, there it is. See, it doesn't seem. Uh, James 1.22 says that uh, many are deceived. Uh, the Amplified says that they deceive themselves by reasoning contrary to the truth. See, reasoning contrary to the truth. It seems right to you, but it doesn't line up with God's word. Just because it seems right. I grew up in church my entire life, and, and a lot of what they taught us in church, it wasn't evil, it just wasn't Bible. It was denominational. It was, it, you know, but, but I didn't know how to differentiate between what was Bible and what was denominational and what, was, what they just thought was a great idea and what was a God idea. I didn't know, so I tried to apply everything they said, and a lot of it just didn't work. You know, a lot of the stuff that I thought really mattered, I come to find out it didn't, it don't make any difference at all. You know, you're not, women aren't supposed to wear makeup and, you know, and jewelry. I, I showed up at a church one time to minister and they wouldn't let me because I, I had a, a chain on and I wore a ring. So I decided, well, I'll quit wearing all that stuff. And you know what changed in my life? Nothing. Nobody even cared including God. You know, it's, it's like we set up hoops and we jump through the hoops and that looks too easy. Set them on fire. Let's do it again. There's a lot of stuff that, 
That's, that's just you. That's just your family. That's just your upbringing. It but it doesn't really matter. Does it line up with God's word? I, increase your praise. Increase your praise. Now, you're supposed, you know, the just shall live by faith, so you've got to find your strength. You've got to act like a believer, and you need to increase your praise. Right where you are, right in the middle of your storm, stop and start praising God. Well, that, that's stupid. Say that to Jonah. Jonah running from God. Here, here's a preacher running from God. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> Thrown overboard, swallowed up by a great fish. I think it's hilarious in the book of Jonah where it says the Lord God prepared a great fish for Jonah. It's funny that God prepared a great fish for Jonah. He did not prepare Jonah for a great fish. He, 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 he says that in the, out of the belly of hell cried I. Ever been there? You know, in the spirit, if you look around the room right now, some of you got seaweed wrapped around your head. <laughs> You're in deep yogurt, man. But he, start, he started giving thanksgiving. Here it is, Thanksgiving week. Maybe you should give thanksgiving to God. Oh, I'm not going to thank God for this mess. It, the Bible doesn't say thank God for everything. It says in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. You know, what that, you know, one of the things that says to me is that before long, you'll be in everything. You will have stepped into it at one point or another so that you have the opportunity while you're in it to give thanks. Give thanks to God. Increase your praise. The T is talk life. Talk life. I want to ask you today, what's your conversation like? Not, not just with your wife or your kids or your coworkers. What's your conversation like with yourself? How do you talk to yourself? And Trust me, we know you talk to yourself. We all talk to ourselves, right? Well, you've heard people say, well, I talk to myself. I don't get nervous, though, until I start answering. Well, you answer yourself. You talk and you answer. I talk to myself all the time, and I talk back. You know, some of, some of my closest friends, they'll, they'll, they'd be probably more than willing to share with you that I'm not always easy to get along with. And I feel their pain. I talk to myself. I was talking to myself one time. I got so mad I didn't talk to myself for a month. But then I forgave myself and got back in fellowship. <laughs> what are you talking to yourself? I'm so stupid. I'll never make it. I can't do this. What are you saying to yourself? Talk life. I have strength for all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. You know, what, what do you say to yourself when you get up in the morning? Go back to bed. <laughs> Might be a good idea. But there's probably going to be some days where you can't. What are you talking to yourself? We're, we're going to make it. Good things are going to happen today. How about this? The power of God's working in my life. The power of God is working in my life. He's changing me today. Today I'm a new man. If any man be in Christ, he is new. Old things have passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Good morning, fresh and new. Thank God I get a new day because yesterday, according to King James, sucketh. So I need a new day. What are you talking to yourself? The H of faith is have some fun. 
Jesus, John 10, 10, you know, I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Enjoy life. Are there things in your life that you enjoy? Well, this is for the people who aren't here then. There are things in life that, are, that, that I really enjoy. H have you been to Famous Dave's? Amen. You know, you can enjoy yourself at Famous Dave's, right? If you really want to have a good time, order bread pudding. It's crazy good. You, you might say, I don't like bread pudding. Order it. It really isn't bread pudding. I don't know how to describe it other than it's good. Okay. And when I'm enjoying bread pudding, I don't want it to end. Hello? Think about your life. Are you enjoying life? Or are you ready for it to end? I know a lot of believers that are praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Man, I'm praying we need a little bit more time. Man, we still got lives to reach. We still got people. I, I still know born-again believers that still know, need to know victory. I, I, I still got people, you know, under my influence that need to know what it is to, to experience Zoe life. Give me, give me some more time. I'm not praying he comes fast. I, I want us to know victory here on earth. Amen? See, what happens is that many of us, we're not born again believers. We're bored again believers. See, we prayed a prayer. Somebody told us if we prayed that sinner's prayer, life would get great. We'd be happy. Well, let me just share with you. They lied. You don't get happy because you're born again. The Bible, one of the promises of God is in this world there shall be tribulation. Huh, be a good cheer. I've already overcome it, but you're going to get hammered. I mean, can you imagine having a conversation with the Lord himself and he looks at you in the eyes and you're expecting him to say something like, I have loved you with an everlasting love. When I gaze into your eyes, my heart goes pitter-patter. If you had a face-to-face -face confrontation with Jesus today, he'd probably say something more like this. What are you thinking? What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know that would be it, don't you? I've given you 60 years. Man, he's, he's just, okay, let's, let's get in the word here for a minute. Ephesians 4, check it out. I'm telling you this, and insist on it in the Lord. Ooh, that sounds strong. I insist on it, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Don't live like people who are disconnected from God live. And he's not necessarily talking about smoking. He's talking about knowing life at that level. You know that scripture that uh, I, I gave to the family over here? Believe, trust in the Lord. Then you'll live like you're supposed to live. Trust God. What does that mean, trust God? Do what his word says. That's going to change your lifestyle. You must no longer live like everybody else in the futility of their thinking. You can't be thinking the way the world thinks. You know, I realize that the, the secular systems of logic influence, influence us every day. 
we're, we, we have to read the news and you, and you hear the news and you see the news and you see everything unfolding, but you can't think like the world thinks. God said, my, my thoughts are higher than those thoughts. My ways are higher than those ways. You, you need to change some things here. You need to be renewed. You need to renew your mind. Don't live in the futility of that thought process. Look at the next verse. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. Here's one reason, major reason you don't want to live like people who don't know God because their life is separated from God life. You, you know what's sad is, is the mass amount of believers whose life is separated from the God life. Yes, you're going to heaven, but you need God life now. So don't live like the world's living. Live God life now. And they're darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. Man, you can't let your heart, your heart get hard to where you can't hear from God. You can't take a stand and say, well, this is what I think. Well, that's what got you in yogurt already. I don't think that God really, you need to know what God means. Man, we, we can't live our life based on what we think. It, you're wrong. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer thee, show you great and mighty things which you knewest not. Amplified Bible says, I'll show you hidden things, fenced things, you know, secret things. In other words, things you couldn't possibly know, I'd love to share with you. You know what our problem is? You know why we don't call upon the Lord? Because we think we know everything. We're not asking God to tell us anything. Why? Because we don't think that we don't know. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just trade problems with somebody? Take your problem, give it to them, and take theirs, and you have it. You know why that would be cool? Because you know how to solve everybody else's problem. The only one that has you stumped is yours. <laughs> hard hearts. Look at your neighbor say hard heart. Look at verse 19. They've lost all sensitivity. They've lost all sensitivity. In other words, they don't respond to my spirit. Can I ask you this one? Do you? Are you sensitive? Have you ever had one of the moments where you just stopped and you looked around the room and you realized that God wasn't done with you there yet and you had to go back into the room? You weren't sure why? Later on in the conversation, in, the, in that room, you realize, oh, yeah, I was supposed to inject this word. It's like our sister this morning trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and just share with you what God laid on her heart. Can God move you? I remember one time I was preaching in Hepner, Oregon. It's in a big city. I was ministering in Hepner, and that night I needed to be in Davenport, Washington. <laughs> I remember going to an even bigger city, Davenport. And I got in the car and left Hepner, and I hadn't got all the way out of town, so, you know, I hadn't gone very far. And But I, I've sensed God say, go back, you're not done. And I got a long ways to drive and a short time to get there, and I didn't have enough time to argue, so I just went back. And I'm walking back into, into the facility, and there was a guy coming out, and he looked at me, and he said, I thought you left. I said, I did. Turn around go back in. He turned around walked back in, and, 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 you know, and there's still a bunch of people there. And I just looked at, at the guy who spoke to me because I figured I don't have time. 
so surely God wouldn't make me go hunt. You must be the man. And he said, what? And I said, you're going to get saved before I leave town, and I'm in a hurry. I promise you this is the truth. That man began to cry. And his testimony was that if God really cares about me, he would have had that preacher say something to me. And he watched me leave. And he watched me come back. Now, I got to tell you something. It's not because I'm so awesome, because I'm not. There, there, are, there are moments when I've totally missed it because I just wasn't sensitive. Don't you think we ought to get to a place where God actually directs our steps? Shouldn't that be our passion? Well, it's hard to be sensitive to God when you're so busy. You haven't got time for your wife. I love preaching Miss Presbyterian Church. I love it. <laughs> Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. What we have, we want more of, but what we don't have, we act like we don't need it. We want more of what we got, but what we got is what got us into trouble. And we don't even recognize our great lack, our great need. In the book of Revelation, uh, when John was writing the letter that Jesus had him write to the churches there, he, he told some of them, you think you're rich, but you're destitute. He's writing to a church. I think, he, you know, I, I think that we should realize that some of that applies to us. Look, look at verse 20. You didn't come to know Christ this way. This, this isn't it, guys. Look at 21. You heard of him and were taught in him and in accordance with the truth, the truth, the truth that is in Jesus. There is truth in Jesus. Everybody say truth. Look at verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted. Take off the old. Take off the old. And look at this. And put on the new. Right? Verse 23. You were taught to take off the old and be made new in the attitude of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of of your mind and verse 24 put on the new self oh there's a new self you got to put on a new you there's a new you hello there's a new you if any man be in christ he is new so if you have the same thought process you had before christ wrong thought process that's the old you you got to take off the old put on the new right in the spirit of your mind. What's that? That's the subconscious. That's that stuff that's way down in there. Have you ever had something happen and you reacted to it, you responded, and it kind of shocked you because you thought, where'd that come from? Man, that's the spirit of your mind. Is those knee-jerk reactions that, that something happens and instantly you're angry. Why am I angry? I don't even know why I'm angry. That needs to be renewed. That needs to be changed. You know, when you're changing the, the, the diaper on a child, there are moments, if you have children, you realize there are moments that something must occur. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out something's wrong. 
you don't take the baby, lay it down, sprinkle out some powder, and wrap on a new diaper, hand it back to the mother, first you've got to take the old diaper off. If you don't take the old off first, it's not long till the old penetrates the new. You might have a new diaper on, nobody cares. Why? Because the old one reeketh. Some of you guys need to change your shorts. <laughs> we still got the old junk on. We got to get it off so we can get the new stuff on. Hello? Producing a quietly different fragrance. Right? We, we, we need to be made new. We need to have the new self. The new and improved you needs to rise to the surface. See, the reality is, is that you've settled. You think, well, this is just the way I am. I, you know, my anger, I'm Irish, so that's just who I am. You know what's funny is that you go over and talk to the other guy, and his anger is because he's German. And you t- go down the aisle and talk to another guy, and his anger is because he's Italian. And his anger is because, no, no, you are born again, not bored again, born again. You are new. You're new. I don't know what's taking place behind you, but you have got to understand there's absolutely no future in your past. He said, I have a plan for you, a hope and a future. A hope and a future. God's drawing you to a future. But to get you into that future, you've got to take off that past. You cannot alter your past, but you can take your past to the altar. And you need to leave it there. We ought to be thinking differently. We ought to be reacting differently. We we, we ought to be emotionally different. And if we're not, then we need to press into his presence longer. Why? Because in his presence, that hard heart can be made soft again. It's like during praise and worship, you stand there and you're thinking, oh, my God, how long are they going to sing that chorus again? Yes. We are again and again. Why? Because we're praying that the presence of God will soften your hard heart. We love you, but you're hard. <laughs> so we're going to do it again until we can get you softened up. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be a softy. Look at Philippians 3.13. He said, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made this my own yet. In other words, I'm still going for it. But one thing I do, that's my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting what lies behind, straining forward for what lies ahead. Forgetting what lies behind, forget it. Man, you got to get it out of your mind. You, you, you got to get your mind renewed. You, you got to take the pain from the past and have it eradicated from your mind. You got to realize that what the enemy intended for evil, God is going to turn it and use it for good. Just trust God. Then you'll live the way you're supposed to live. You know, the best part of that scripture, and it amazes me now how well that scripture fits today, guys, is that you and your entire house, that what you're doing today is going to impact those who come behind you. 
I realize that there's some negative history that all of us deal with, that, and it wasn't our choice. Somebody else made choices. Somebody else had habits. Somebody else made, you know, uh, created an environment that we had to live in, and it put stuff on us. But you can end that today. You don't have to carry it into tomorrow. Amen. That as you honor God, as you just believe God, that he's not only bringing freedom to you, but your entire house. He, he, he can change it. You know, thank God. My, my father had a revelation that he had the, the power and the authority to put a stop to certain things, to, to place a period there and move on into the future. My, my, my father's family, all of them, he was, you know, he had six seven brothers and two sisters they all died of cancer his mom and dad they all died of cancer when my father was sent home with cancer to die after chemo and radiation they'd burn his heart in half and, and he, he had tubes up his nose to, to feed him he got in a fighting stance and said you know what cancer you lose your grip on my family today and he fought and broke through got freedom and we ain't ever going to have cancer in our house again What could you put an end to if you decided, I'm going to forget what's behind, press forward? But you don't know the pain I've been through. You don't know the suffering. You don't know the chaos. Remember 9-11-2001? Remember the planes crashing into the buildings? You realize that now, seven and a half tons of that torn steel is being turned into the USS New York. And there's a plaque on that ship that says, we will never forget. And that USS New York will be dedicated to uh, prevention of terrorism all around the world. That out of the midst of all that chaos and all that pain, good's going to come. I don't know what's blown up in your world, but I do know a God that can take all that rubbish and build something beautiful out of it. When I pray for you, I realize that there's pain that you're dealing with, but I also see victory that's right in front of you. There's hope. There's a tomorrow. There, there, is, a, there is a strength that God has that to infuse into your life if you'll just trust God. If you'll let him renew your mind, if you'll take your thoughts and throw it away and embrace his, he'll show you what really living is like. Not inhaling and exhaling. No, we're talking about God life. But when the enemy shows up, you don't freak out. Your enemy does. Instead of you laying awake at night, hell stays up all night trying to figure out what can we do to this deal. Because every time we try something, it backfires. Wouldn't it be awesome to go through hell and come out smelling like a rose? Well, just keep going. Just don't stop. I forget what's behind. I press towards the mark. I press on. I press on. Let me ask you a question. What's new for you? What's next for you? What are you looking forward to? Find something to look forward to that'll pull you out of where you are. Set a goal, have a dream, create some vision. 
that will take you out of the gully back to the mountaintop. Find something in the Word of God that will elevate you to a place where you're above all the junk that life seems to throw at you. And if you're in the middle of a situation right now and you just don't see any hope at all, run to the arms of a loving father who has the ability to pick you up, hold you in a position to give you new perspective. He's got hope for you. I said he's got hope for you. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to come out the other side, and the test is suddenly going to become a testimony. You're going to find out you ain't messed up. You've been blessed up. You've got what it takes. You've always had it. You just couldn't see it. But now he's opened your eyes, and you can see what you couldn't see before. And when you can see what you couldn't see before, you can do what you couldn't do before. You can touch what you couldn't reach before. You can carry what was too heavy before. All of a sudden, you have a new you. That's the one God wants to release out into the environment. Amen? A born-again believer, not a bored-again believer. Amen? Will you close your Bible? Let me pray for you.